Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 33 of the High Action Podcast. This is Wilbur. I'm coming at you alongside with Perry Smith and John Story. And today we're going to talk about modulation effects on the guitar. Before that, I would like to give a shout out to GNL Guitars, which I'll be playing today. I'm playing my GNL S500. Today's GNL instruments continue to be made in Leo Fender's historic factory on uh, Fender Avenue in Fullerton, California, the birthplace of the Bolt On. Um, shout out to GNL Guitars; they're really great. Give uh, give their S500 a try. It's a really great S-type guitar. Uh, John and Perry. We're doing a double episode day, so there's no need to ask how your day's been because we already know how our morning's been. It's been early and coffee-filled. Oh, man. Second Yeti right here going. Yep. Yeah. Speak for yourself, man. That's that East Coast lifestyle. It's, <laughs> it's lunchtime. It's lunchtime on the East Coast. So modulation effects. Um, this is kind of as a like acting as a part two to the gain staging overdrive pedal thing we did um, earlier in the season. I thought it was a perfect time to add the next segment to it. So if we go through a brief chronological timeline of how modulation effects came to be, I'd say the earliest example would be tremolo on an, on a classic Fender amplifier, perhaps. Um, tremolo has to do with volume swells, basically. So the volume is coming up and going back down. So that's um, an amplitude type modulation. And conveniently, I have some pedals next to me that I will demonstrate. So here's my guitar clean. If I click on an amplitude tremolo, we get this. Right? You can hear. Now, following that, a type of tremolo that's a little less common but equally awesome is harmonic tremolo. And harmonic tremolo actually deals with frequencies being raised and lowered rather than volume. So whereas amplitude is volume, harmonic will sound a little more like a phase shifter because you can hear the lows going out while the uh, while the highs go up, and then vice versa, the lows go up, the highs go down. So harmonic amplitude, mm. right? You guys think you could distinguish that like just by ear? Does that make sense, or is it? Do they both just sound the same to you? No, I, I yeah, I can hear it. I, I can hear it, and and it's interesting that idea of modulation. I guess the word modulation apparently means to move, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like m actually moving the sound, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and and really getting that definition and figuring out, you know, those terms. It's also isn't it funny that Leo Fender kind of confused him too on his amps. He put vibrato oh, instead of tremolo on the amplifier. <laughs> you know, I have my I have my deluxe reverb right here, and yeah. I'm looking at the vibrato channel, and yeah. it's it's a tremolo channel. It's not vibrato. Um, right. Right. Vibrato means pitch shifting, whereas right. tremolo is actually, like I was saying, more amplitude or volume. Or or even on the classic Fender guitars, they would call it a, uh, like the, the whammy bar, they would call it a vibrato. Right. It's not, it's a tremolo. I think, actually, though, I was just Googling this. PremierGuitar.com has a great article on the history of tremolo. And I was just, because I, I heard this a long time ago. 
apparently one of the reasons why Fender put vibrato instead of tremolo was because the because D Armand in the 40s came out with a tremolo effect for mm-hmm. amplifiers mm-hmm. before World War II, and and he didn't think he could use that term on his amplifier, so he just came up with another word that sounded like it, you know. Like broad, like the Fender Broadcaster had to be changed to the Telecaster, you know. Right. So it's interesting that some of these effects. But would you consider Will this to be like the first effect on guitar? Um, I would say anything volume related would be definitely the first effect. So like even a volume pedal early on was was a thing. Like volume, tremolo, um, and also leading into like the wah pedal, which deals with uh, frequency an EQ. It, it basically sweeps a filter, right? Um, right? I don't have a wah pedal today, but under the blanket of EQ filter sweeping, um, we could use an example that came about in the 70s, uh, the phase shifter, right? Mm-hmm. So, so a phase shifter basically is like, if you were to pull up an EQ band on Logic and just start like dragging a frequency up and down, you would hear this wah-ish effect and that's so i'm gonna engage my uh walrus audio lillian the pedal that i use least because i think for for me phase is kind of just the the most abstract sounding thing um so here's some phase shifting (laughs) you can kind of hear it it has a vocal wow wow Right now, popular thing with phase shifter pedals are um, different stages. So I'm on uh, a four stage phase shift right now. So let me switch it to a six stage and tell me what changes, what you guys hear changing. So here's six. There's six. And here's four. Mm. Yep. Perry, what do you hear? I just hear a wider shift in the six than the four. So like a, you know, it's a little like tighter. Like a higher shift. Not right? higher. It sounds like, like if you're almost, making a vowel. Almost wider. Like there's like there's, mm-hmm. there's just uh, more landscape that you're shifting from. That's four. six. That's four, no? Oh, that was four. I'm sorry. That was six. Here's four. Oh, yeah. Four is, yeah. yeah. You hear it a little less. Mm-hmm. Four. Um, the MXR Phase 90 was like the classic first largely manufactured phase shifter. Hmm. Eddie Van Halen famously used it on all those awesome riffs that he did. Um, <clears throat> this is a good time to talk about some key controls on a lot of modulation pedals. Um for example, on this one, there's a rate knob, a width knob, and a feedback knob. So the rate controls the speed of the effect. So I'm going to mess with the rate while I just play. Um, I'm going to just play open strings because I can't play and tweak knobs at the same time. So I'm going to start with it extremely slow. That just sounds like my guitar's out of phase yeah. <laughs> when it's that slow. And if I increase the rate... Right? Like you hear that effect on uh, Jimmy Page uses that on um uh 
on Houses of the Holy. I'm trying to remember which song. No Quarter, I think he uses that. Yeah. Now, uh, the width would be like, um, another word for that would be depth. So where the rate controls the speed, in this case, the width would control um, how far, or Perry, as you said, how wide the modulation would be. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the width really small, all the way down. Again, it just sounds like there's some weird phase issue on my pickups, right? If I increase the width gradually. So here's the width at zero, where it's moving hardly at all. You can actually hear hear it caving in on itself when it's all the way up. It's almost like bouncing back in. Yeah. Uh, the feedback is not on every pedal, not on every modulation pedal, but in this case, the feedback is basically, it takes the modulated signal and puts it back in, so you start getting a double modulated signal. So I'm gonna turn the feedback all the way down. It sounds like a pretty traditional um, phase shifter. And then, kind of lopsided yeah here like a rounder lfo so let's again feedback at zero pretty natural sounding phaser you hear that that's cool really interesting phase shifter is a weird one that's that that's one that it's it's an effect that like is meant to be used for a moment and then turned off you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um under the same spectrum of a phase shifter would be an envelope filter. Um, we're kind of moving chronologically through the timeline. So the phase shifter really came about in like the 70s, envelope filter also in that same era. Um, and what that does, some people call it an auto wah, right? Mm -hmm. Because it basically, it's triggered by you playing a note rather than you controlling it with your foot. So um, I've got my analog man envelope filter here. If here's a without, and here it is with it engaged, right? Without. So you can hear an attack and a release, basically, right? I think the coolest example, modern example of an envelope filter is John Mayer on um, I Don't Trust Myself With Loving You. It's a cool effect. Um, so basically what that's dealing with is is a triggered filter sweep. Uh, whereas the wah pedal is like a, a manual filter sweep. This, you can control, um, you know, the knobs on this are a little interesting. The, there's a threshold knob, an attack knob, and an emphasis knob, right? So the emphasis is how strong the effect is. So I'm going to turn the emphasis to zero. Let's hear, again, I'm just going to play open strings for the sake of rolling the knob up. You can kind of hear some filtering going on. Let me turn the emphasis up. You hear it grabbing onto that? 
That sounds a little more goofy than perhaps. That's a little more subtle, right? Mm -hmm. um, the threshold is basically controls the the high pass or low pass filter. So if I turn the threshold to zero, it doesn't really latch onto much, right? right? If I increase the threshold, it it allows more low notes to come through. Lower threshold. It's kind of inaudible there. And then the attack knob is um, the speed of the filter. So if I turn the attack right at noon, you get a snappy whap. Right? Yep. If I turn it way down, you get a slow draw. Right? Let's turn it all the way up. Let's hear what that sounds like. It's going to sound kind of... All this stuff just sounds like game show music. <laughs> okay. That kind of sounds like a quack as opposed to... Right? You can hear it. Grab the note, hold it, and then release it. Envelope filter has definitely become one of my favorite... Um, funky effects and there's actually a little switch on here where you can reverse it uh so that it's not doing a wah sound it's doing more of a yoit sound hmm. so let me flip that i don't personally enjoy that one as much but it gives like a vowel type but it may be essential to get it to blend right with whatever you're trying to get you know, yeah. It's got some vibe, right? Yeah. Questions, comments, concerns? <laughs> Questions, comments, concerns. Um, yeah, what do you think are like the top three modulation effects that, um, you know, a player starting out with pedals should, should go for? Chorus. Chorus is essential? I, I think so. I think chorus is a great example of, of a, a pitch shift uh, modulation effect. And conveniently, I do have a chorus right here. Um, you what, know, what this whole that? thing that triggered me to want to do this episode, Perry, was when you said that chorus was a dated 80s sound. And I, just, <laughs> I shook my head in disappointment. I mean, oh boy. I, I think I probably said 90s. Uh, 90s. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything against chorus necessarily, yeah. um, but I will say our great mentor Joe Diorio, may he rest in peace. His sound with a chorus pedal, not so. Happening. I agree, it didn't sound good. And if you're just using a stock chorus on a Roland JC120, you're not going to be redefining artistry on that. I completely agree. Um, do you guys know what a chorus effect is? Yeah. Yeah, go for it, John. 
Well, basically, you're putting two speakers out of phase of one another, and it creates a impulse response where both frequency waves are happening. One is a little delayed from the other. So a natural chorus is where you kind of set the speaker off kilter one another. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Roland, you know, pioneered that with the Roland Jazz Chorus. Fender also over the years has come out with various chorus amplifiers mm-hmm. where they actually have the speakers inside that, that that actually can shift that way, or the signal is sent to one speaker a little bit delayed delayed of the other. Did I define that? Would Pretty close, agree? yeah. yeah. Ba- basically, a chorus is um, there's a modulated signal being mixed with the non-modulated signal, and that gives that funky, widening sound. Right. Um, classic examples are cats like John Schofield. Um, he's interesting because sometimes he'll just use just a vibrato sound, and a vibrato is only the modulated side with no dry signal mm-hmm. um again uh i'm going to use my walrus julia chorus pedal to demonstrate this this is really cool because it has a blend knob so you can have it fully modulated with no dry signal or all the way dry and blend in a little modulation so why don't i start without any dry signal let's mm-hmm. start with just a modulated vibrato okay so here it is clean And here's the effect. Right? It's just a pitch shift basically going up and down. Again, there's a rate knob. Fast. Slow. There's a depth knob controlling the width. So... Is that your desafinado knob right there? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. turn the depth down now if there's no dry signal it doesn't it's not as audible right it kind of just sounds like maybe my guitar is a little out of tune now let me blend in some clean signal okay yeah there it is you can really hear it when you blend in some clean signal so again fully wet vibrato blending in clean that sound man i mean that's like you know 90s alternative rock here it is off and on i mean for me i'd say in a general sense you'll hear chorus all over the place and you might not even know it so maybe i can try to dial in a really subtle chorus where it's not obnoxious where it's just kind of beatles invent the chorus through, like, uh, no, shifting. you're thinking of flanger, flanging, which is which is great. I want to get back to that. Um, mm-hmm. the, John Lennon dubbed the term flanging, that had to do with delaying <clears throat> uh, the the track on a tape machine. Um, yeah. great great point. We'll get to that in a sec. Remember, we still have um, two other essential pedals that we haven't discussed. I asked okay, you. we had chorus was the one. Or we need two others. Oh yeah. Oh, there's way more, but we're gonna. This is only part one of, of Will's pedal mayhem, so... I think we're, we're going to cap it in part one. Yeah. Like right there. We're, we're currently um, losing subscribers. That's what's happening yeah. right now. Yeah, we're just footnoting the whole episode to that pedal show out there. Right? Yeah. You Can you guys hear that a, a yeah. little bit? Mm-hmm. Is it too much? Should no, I put even a little less? Yeah. 
grid is off. And on. Yeah. It's fun to just take an effect like that and maybe just add in a hair where you might not even know it's there until you turn it off. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm always surprised going back and listening to some of my favorite folk and acoustic records that were done in the 80s and 90s that were produced out of Nashville and, you know, Texas, how much there's there's chorus, there's a little chorus yep. on all that acoustic guitar oh, yeah. playing. And, and I, you know, I didn't even notice that until recently. Exactly. I was like, whoa, they, there's chorus on that, you know, and you listen to the Eagles. I mean, when they Stevie did their, their live MTV that famous version of Hotel California, you know, they got they got chorus on the freaking nylon string, chorus on you know, all that stuff, you know, all the. So it's it's an interesting pedal that you're right, Will. I think if people listened more, they realize, wow, it's it's actually it's in there, there, man. Yeah, um, there's so many great chorus pedals out there now too, beyond just the super chorus and all this stuff, man. There's yeah. so many grid ones, you know. Perry, you mentioned um, the Beatles. John Lennon. So he dubbed the term flanging, which has to do with, which eventually became a flanger pedal. I don't have a flanger with me because a flanger is very close to chorus in the in the sense of that delayed signal, right? Yeah. There's there's the delayed signal time-wise that's a bit modulated, and there's the dry signal. And most flangers you can get to sound like a chorus. They, they, there's a spot on a flanger where it has that chorus effect, and then if you know, if you get an old school boss flanger, it sounds like um, the cliche type of jet flanger where it sounds like a jet taking off. You guys can Google that if you wish to hear that. I had to put a cap on a six modulation pedals for today's episode. Wow. So flanger did not make mm. the cut. However, uh, one of my favorite effects is rotary speaker, which uh, basically deals with Doppler based modulation. It sounds a little chorusy, and it also gives that effect of a Leslie spinning. That's what that's what all the the uh, rotary guitar pedals are based on, are like a classic B three Leslie. So, <laughs> and it's your, your dry signal. It's Doppler, well, so it gives you your weather report too. You know, hey, barometric hey. pressure. And, yeah. <laughs> wow, so wow, wow. here it is off. I'm gonna engage it. I think that's an awesome sound. So how is this different from a chorus? Uh, Do you want, can I ABM? Yeah. It sounds pretty similar. So here's, it does, it sounds very similar, okay? I think I have a pedal here that, that sounds more like an organ than that. Yeah, we'll get to your we'll get to your little TC like. I don't think eventually. we will. I'm not sure we will. <laughs> so, Perry, what is this? Is this chorus or is this a uh, rotary? That's an A sus chord. What's the effect? Oh. Uh, that sounds like rotary. It's chorus. Here's rotary. That sounds like rotary. Yeah. Um, hmm. Basically, there a rotary is a mix of volume and pitch shift, and a chorus is only pitch shift. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Perry, you look you look awfully eager over there. Is there is there a modulation effect that you often engage on New West solos, arguably in strange situations that you'd like to share at this moment? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that, that it's in strange situations. I, I know one situation in which I engage. 
um, this TCA electronics pedal called the Southern mm-hmm. Up. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it sounds like an organ. Mm-hmm. Here it is without. I'll play your ASUS chord for you. Pretty clean signal. And then I put on the Southern Up. Sounds like a baseball now tell, game. Now tell me the effects that are happening there. Well, I've got um, three different octaves happening, two on the lower side and one above. And then this thing they call like the, I don't know what makes it sound like an organ, but it's some sort of like poly effect that it gives on the it's pedal. It's a pitch shift, Yeah, right? You can hear some vibrato in there. Can you disengage it so we can compare? Uh, um, I'm sorry, disengage the, the pitch shift. Oh, yeah. One second. So here is without that. Oh, that's kind of crazy. So, yeah, just single notes. So you can hear it's just an octave pedal at that point. Yeah. Tracking octave below, octave up. Go ahead and engage that poly vibrato. On the pedal, it's called a tone print, which. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Mm, interesting. And that with a yeah. little bit of overdrive and uh, delay. Delay would be considered a modulation effect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in its purest form, delay is a delay effect. It it's you play a note and it's played back later. You could modulate the delayed signal right which basically creates chorus right that's what that is um, but delay is delay delay is like the original modulation you could say hmm. right yeah that's sort um, of what i use the most would be delay and then this sort of organ patch pedal that mm-hmm. helps with modulation but yeah tremolo is also a great one to use um, as you mentioned what were the other two that you said you think is essential chorus uh, is important for modulation effect. Obviously, we're not counting delay uh, or sure. reverb, but what are some other? What are two others? Well, I'm glad you brought up octaves because I also have an octave pedal here, which is a pitch shift modulation, right? Yeah. Um, so here's the normal signal. If I engage my octave up, then this one tracks. Pretty straightforward. Can you can you play some video game themes with that one? <laughs> uh, yeah, there we go. Now here's the cool thing is when you start combining some modulation things. And one one thing that I really like doing is an octave up, some rotary, and an envelope filter, right? So let's build that step by step. Because the, the cool thing is, is when you start just implementing them all lightly. So there's the octave up. Turn the mic away. Mm-hmm. 
there's there's the funness of modulation pedals. Cool. Right? Um, I'd say my favorite player as far as a sonic architect that get, has gotten classic sounds and kind of defined a lot of it would be David Gilmore mm -hmm. from Pink Floyd. Um, mm -hmm. He's a really interesting player in the sense that he's not really a technical player, but if you hear his sound and volume and the sounds he gets, he's, he's just all about the sound, like way more so than the playing. And it, it's kind of interesting to just hear a guitar player like that coming from a school of, you know, very technique-based uh, jazz bass playing, just hearing someone who uh, just has these long, lush chords with these huge, you know, like... Uh, it just like lets it sit forever. So check out, check out um, some late 80s Pink Floyd for some great examples you, of that stuff. Would you put Andy Summers in there? Some of the sounds he he made with the police that's that's some yes good, good modulation effects he used uh, a flanger pedal the electro harmonics electric mistress um i can i can get in the ballpark of that with a with a chorus again they're similar but you do need a flanger to get the you know Andy Summers, definitely. Could go on and on. We could go on I and mean, on. I mean, there's Maybe so many guys. Will. There's another guitarist who, I don't know if you guys ever checked out Henry Kaiser. <laughs> I have not. Really interesting experimental guy. There's a fantastic clip of him and Alexander Dumble on YouTube mm. where, Dumb where he interviews Dumble and asks him about amps. It's one of the few Dumble interviews that's on YouTube. But Henry Kaiser was somebody, too, who, like, kind of wrote a lot of classical music but also was a jazz player and just kind of across all these sort of experimental genres and sort of took a lot of these effects to like the nth degree especially like digital programming effects when that stuff started kind of coming around in like 1982 83 you know and other classical composers using that stuff i mean there's sort of a bridge here between guitar players and guys like steve reich and people who've used effects where they've recorded on tape machines uh yeah. pauline oliveros you know the music concrete of the 1950s and 60s you know and we have uh, classical musicians to sort of thank in a way for informing guitar of a lot of these kinds of sounds that we have and um yeah i've personally i've always struggled a little bit with a lot of these outer bounds kind of sounds bringing it more into my own artistic mm -hmm. like vision of my sound i just it seems like as the years go by for me it's just more of the natural sound of the guitar i'm always trying sure. to get on recording but that's just me and i'm i am not a no effect guy by any means i'm always trying to open the door to using pedals and effects as much as possible especially mo yeah. modulation effects to me are the most friendly i think for what i'm doing you know mm, yeah. yeah um some pedal some effects that did not make the cut that i do want to note um we mentioned the flanger pedal also univibe which mm -hmm. is a really strange phase shift type effect that Jimi hendrix made really famous um, listen to him play the Star Spangled Banner. Listen to his intro on Little Wing. You hear that weird swirling. He he. Hendrix described it as like him playing guitar underwater. Um, that's the Univibe sound, and it's very similar to Phase Shifter. So we we got in the ballpark of that. There's also ring modulation, which completely augments 
and modulates your sound into LFO, low frequency oscillators, and basically makes it indecipherable from like weird modulation noises. Yeah. Um, I, I opted out of that one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but it is a, it is an effect. There's of course the wah wah pedal that has to do with filter. We kind of touched on that with the envelope filter. Um, another really cool volume type effect, other than tremolo, is a, a pedal called the Attack Decay by Electro Harmonics, and that basically controls. You can control a swell into the note, and you can control when the note is cut off volume wise. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much, so many types of modulation out there i do want to give a, a quick list um maybe i may you know what to end this um maybe i can just ask you guys if i go perry <laughs> describe what a chorus pedal does mm. are you asking me is this, is, or is this yeah. rhetorical um i'm actually asking you oh okay well uh, i know you spent about 30 minutes explaining it and let me see if i can remember <laughs> Basically, a chorus pedal takes your sound slightly out of phase and... Uh, Not out of phase. Out of what? Uh, out of pitch. Out of pitch, okay. And uh, adds it in to your clean sound to create a little bit of desafinato. Ah. Exactly. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Nicely done. Yeah. Okay, John. Uh-oh. Um, for Pop you, cruise. what does harmonic tremolo do? Uh, harmonic tremolo, um, I feel moves the, um, the sine wave into a more drastic, um, altitude, you know, it gives us more peaks and valleys to the actual frequency sound and the frequency response. Is that correct? Yes. It affects frequency, not volume. Yeah. Tremolo fre- affects frequency response. volume. Yes. Harmonic tremolo affects frequency <laughs> response. Um, low frequencies going up while the high frequencies go down yeah. and then the exact opposite. And so it there's stretches this. those parameters on a wider exactly. curve. All right, great. So I got my trigonometry um, answer down, right? Okay. So just to recap, we've got tremolo, phase, envelope filter, chorus, rotary, uh, octave, flanger, univibe, ring modulator, wah-wah pedals, and the attack decay volume type pedals and that, flux capacitor if we're flux flux, yeah exactly yeah that's a pretty comprehensive you know hey we squeezed a lot of modulation into 34 minutes and 47 seconds so yeah yeah um, i need to go back and listen to this episode and learn even more about it because it's yeah good stuff I Will. Modulation thanks for sharing all of that are our friends any last comments before we wrap this episode up no just that we want to thank everybody who's been part of the community on patreon all season um we're hitting some wonderful uh, download marks, and uh, we're really excited that a lot of people are joining the podcast each week. So thank you for supporting us directly, uh, those of you that are on Patreon. And next episode, I will be leading it, and we're going to be talking about something a little different um, that will be uh, hopefully equally as interesting. It's called Counterpoint, and something that I think a lot of guitar players don't necessarily deal with on a regular basis so that would be a good chance for us to all learn something new definitely all right will do you want don't to forget to check out patreon.com slash new west guitar group check out the mm-hmm. teespring store i was gonna um, say this we've had some people buy some shirts believe it or yeah. not 
Go get you know, it's, it's springtime, everybody. Time to get get your shirt for the beach that says New West Guitar Group on one side or on both sides of it, actually. So, yeah, go go to the sp- and it's actually called Spring now. Teespring.com T-spring. is now okay. spring. So visit our spring store. All right. Yep. Will, are you ready to play along with some modulation effects here to the outro? Here you go. Buddy. Oh, I'm going to turn all of them on. That's how we end this episode. <laughs> go ahead and play all it. of them. They're, wow. they're all going so on. Exciting. Man. Remember, you don't color with all the crayons in the crayon box. Mm-hmm.